right, so we're in Proverbs chapter 13 here tonight. And uh, if you feel as if you can read, will read, do read. We want you to do that. Proverbs chapter 13 tonight. All right, so six of us, let's do six apiece, sister. Go ahead, sister Cindy, let's start with six. A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hate and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and come, cometh to shame. Righteousness keep him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. Thank you, sister. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp, lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride cometh con- contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be dim- diminished. Adminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. For when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Thank you. <clears throat> Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. Just do two, brother. Okay. Okay. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Amen. Evil evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. 
Thank you. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. He that spareth his rod hates, hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him times. The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 tonight. 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll begin reading in verse 7. Again, we're talking about and preaching on one another, and here tonight is some more one another. And so we will put together here tonight, hopefully with the help of the Lord, uh, the thought tonight that uh, Peter is laying out before us here in verse 7. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. And as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the Proverbs of 13. We thank you tonight, Lord, for the first Peter. Lord, I ask you now, Lord, to open our eyes and hearts. May we see, Lord, what it means to, to have the Scriptures today, dear God, to be actually part of our lives and and, Father, that we may not only be hearers of your word, but doers. Father, I make it plain tonight, make it clear in what you would have us to do and be, Father, in this last day, in these last times. Father, open our eyes that we may see and open our ears that we may hear. God, move in our hearts tonight, Lord, changes for the glory of God. I pray you'll save the lost tonight. I pray, God, that you'd comfort the saved. Pray, God, that you'd lead and guide us now. Anoint us with your spirit in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As you're being seated, this Saturday at 6 o'clock is our Christmas party. And so we are looking forward to that and uh, all that's going to pertain with that. And so we are glad that uh, we are having that. I enjoy that each year. And then we can uh, move on to New Year's service. And I like that as well. And then we pray that as we pray in 2024, uh, that God would do more with us that, that year than he did this year. And so I'm always looking for more, aren't you? More in my life, more in my heart, more for God, that God would do more with me than he did the year past. And so I'm <clears throat> looking forward to what this next year may bring. But I want to close out this year strong. I want to finish uh, with the, the strength, I want to finish with all the ability that I can to please the Lord. Here we find in 1 Peter chapter 4, and I notice there in the very beginning of this uh, chapter in verse 7, he's talking about the end. And as we read this here tonight, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. And uh, so we're going to start right there tonight, and then we'll move into one another. But I want to start off with this thought tonight uh, in getting into what Peter is saying. I want you to say tonight, before that we can go any further than where we're going here, if verse 8 would mean much to you, or verse 9 would mean anything to you, then verse 7 is going to have to be tonight what you believe. And so I called it, my first point tonight is believing in the times. 
Now, Peter is saying in verse 7, but the end of all things is at hand. Uh, meaning that the, the times is coming to an end. The days are coming to an end. We're in the last days. We're in the last times. Uh, we find that throughout the Scripture. Matter of fact, we find Jesus talking about the end in Matthew chapter 24. Don't turn there, but in verse 3, Jesus was asked about the end of the world. He began to talk about the end of the world. You probably remember that. He said these signs will be of the end of the world. And he gives a tremendous amount of signs that will be the end of the world. And then in chapter 24, verse 6, he speaks about the end of the world. And so he's telling them about these things will be at the end of the world. And then in verse 14, Jesus concludes by telling them that uh, this will be the end of the world. And then we go to Matthew 28, 28, verse 20. Jesus, he believes in the end of the world because he says, I will be with you until the end of the world. And so tonight, we must understand and come to a conclusion in our minds, we must believe that there is an end of the world. There's coming a time when it will be no longer. There's coming a time when it not be like it is today. There's coming a time when it's all over. It's done and said. All lives have been lived. All things have taken place. Now we find that the end has come. And Jesus has spoken of it. Jesus has believed in it. Jesus has concluded in it. And tonight Peter is saying the same thing. But the end of all things is at hand. In other words, tonight it, has, it was at hand when Jesus was here. It is at hand now. It will be at hand tomorrow and the next day until the end comes. It's not like the end isn't coming, but the end is coming. Now, if you believe tonight that the end is coming, you believe that there's coming a day whenever the rapture will take place, there's coming a day when the tribulation period will begin, there are coming a day when the, the millennial reign will start, there's coming a day when there's going to be the great white throne judgment, there's coming a day when the world is going to come to an end by the way of fire. There's coming a day where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. If you believe that tonight, uh, then this passage right here would have great influence on you. Now, if you don't believe that tonight, you don't believe the end is near, you don't believe the end is at all, you don't think we're ever going to finish this side, you don't think the world's ever going to die or never world, the world's never going to burn up in fire and the world's never going to come to an end tonight, well then this right here is not really uh, going to affect you and your life. But if you do believe it, as Jesus believed it, then tonight what do we do? Well, this is what we do, believing in the times the Bible teaches us in verse 7 to be sound. He says there, he says, but the end of all things is at hand, so what are we going to do? Since we're in the last days, since we're in the last times, since we're where it's going about to end for the church age, uh, it's going to start the tribulation period, and then seven years later it's going to end that period and start the millennial reign. Then the millennial reign will start. thousand years later it will end, and then God destroys the world with fire. All right, so we find that that's what's going to happen if we believe that tonight. The Bible teaches us that we should be and ought to be sound. That word sober there, it says, be ye therefore sober. And way, the way that it's written here tonight where it says, be ye therefore sober, it's saying, because the end of things is at hand, be ye there sober. 
It's like because it's at the end, now you be sober. If it wasn't at the end, we don't have to be sober. But because we're at the end, then we are to be sober. That word sober means sound tonight. And what God is saying to you and I tonight is this, because the end is near and the end is coming and the end is at hand, then you and I are going to have to be sound. And that means we've got to follow sound reasoning. Sound reasoning. Tonight we've got to come to a conclusion in our mind, in our hearts, in our lives that we can't live haphazardly any longer. We can't live as if we are just flippantly going through life. We can't live as if today uh, that uh, no matter what happens, no matter what takes place, that I'm just going to, you know, it don't matter. I'm just going to move through and move on. Uh, the Bible says us that are saved and born again, we're going to have to live in such a place in a way where it's sound. Sound. It's by reasoning. And by following that reasoning, uh, we find soundness. Uh, the word sober there. It also means here tonight uh, to uh, listen to sound counsel. And so to live soberly tonight means you're listening to sound counsel. You're not listening to the world's counsel. You're not listening to the lost counsel. You're not listening to those that have no godly influence or no godly impact. Uh, you're not listening to the family. You're not listening to the friends. You're not listening to the co-workers. But you're listening to sound counseling. You are following sound reasoning. You are keeping in sound judgment. That means tonight that you're not hasty in what you say and what you do. That means tonight you're not just off the rails. Uh, uh, you're not out of control. Uh, you're, you're not just one that just kind of runs there and runs here and does this and does that. No, no, we're sober. We're sound. The Bible talks about sound this, this evening. It talks about 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. It means, talks about sound doctrine. So it tells us there's doctrine tonight that's not sound. But the, the doctrine that you and I must obey and learn and must, must follow is the sound doctrine. It talks about also in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7, a sound mind. And so there are a sound mind that is a Christian tonight, a mind that's sober, a mind that's serious, a mind that's balanced, a mind that is a thoughtful and clear-headed, a mind that's considerate and steady, a mind that's just not out there. You know, if you've been told you're crazy tonight, you're not too sound, amen? Uh, tonight, uh, you know, to be told, hey, listen, you're a wild. Uh, that's not too good to be a Christian and be wild tonight. If someone tells you, listen, man, uh, you are something else, uh, friend. Tonight we are to be told we're sound and serious and considerate and thoughtful tonight. That's a sound mind. And the Bible teaches us at the end of the days, in the last days, the church is going to be a people of sound mind and sound doctrine. Sober. Sober. We find nothing, something else in the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13 called sound words. And we find that those words tonight are right words and, and they're correct words and they're kind words and they're words that uplift and words that edify and words that bring together and not separate. And so we find sound words. We find in Titus chapter 2 and verse 3, sound faith. A faith that's sound. A faith that's serious. A faith that, that is steady. A faith that is thoughtful. A faith that is balanced. A faith tonight also is spoken of in Titus chapter 2 verse 8 is sound speech. 
Someone who's speaking or someone who's giving speech or someone who's talking in the way of conversation, uh, friend, is sound. And so we find throughout the scripture uh, about being sound and being sober. And, and we, talk, we talked about that even on Sunday. And, and here tonight the Bible says how are we to act or how are we to, or what are we to believe? Believing tonight in the last days, believing what? Believing the end is here. And because the end is here, we have to be sober. We got to be sound. The church tonight has to be the one of the world who looks at it and say, man, they got it together. Uh, the, the people in your home tonight who know not God, they ought to look at you and see, listen, you know what? I don't necessarily believe in all that they believe in, but they are steady and they are balanced and they are thoughtful and they are considerate and, and they are sensible and they are sane. You know, there is something about them that seems to always just be in a way of they're faithful, they're steadfast, they're always just uh, settled down. Uh, they're not like, uh, like just don't know what they're doing, but they seem to be doing the same thing over and over and over. And so they look and see the soberness in it. We find tonight that in the last days, in the end of the time, uh, that the church has got to find themselves in a sound way so that the world who is unsound can find some soundness. Amen. Tonight, if you and I find our ways of not being sound tonight, then what is our spouses going to do? What are our children going to do? What are our grandchildren going to do? What is our family members going to do? Co-workers, neighbors, what is everybody else around us going to do? Today, we're not sound. So we find tonight, if we're in the last days, and we are, the Bible says, be therefore sober. Amen. Number two, not only be sound, but be safe. So in the last days, what are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be, the Bible says, to watch under prayer. Watch under prayer. In the last days, because we meet, we need that, but the end of all things is come at hand and watch under prayer. Meaning tonight, that because we're in the last days, we need to stay in communication with God. Stay in communication with God. Just stay communicating with Him. Just keep on talking to God. Just keep Him having a time of visitation with God. Just keep on calling for him and just keep on talking to him and having this conversation with him and, and having this talk with him. Hey, keep on tonight. Keep on having conversation with God in the last days because there's going to come a time when people tonight who are not going to know what's going on, they're going to be full of fear. They're going to be full of anxiety. They're going to be full of failure. They're going to think the whole world is crashing in and crashing down. And they're going to try to find somebody out here that's sound and sober. But more than that tonight, they can get a hold of God. And you just don't get a hold of God because you just now get a hold of God, but you get a hold of God because you've been getting a hold of God. And so stay in the way of conversation with God. Number two, stay in contact with God. In the last days, in the end of time, stay in contact. Make sure that every day He knows that you're here. Make sure every day that you know He's there. Just make sure in the way of contact. God, I'm here. Hey, God, listen, I know you're there. Lord, I'm just telling you, Lord, hey, I'm headed this way. I'm going over here. I sure need your help there. I pray that you'll be with me here. I pray you'll lead me through that. I pray you'll help me in that. And Lord, I pray that you'll take care of that. Stay in contact with God. Amen. Stay in communication with God. Thirdly, this word that watch under prayer would mean stay close to God. Stay close to Him. 
Oh, make sure that your heart is near His heart. Make sure, friend, that you, when you find yourself before God, that you're near and yet it's clear in your heart toward Him so that there's a closeness with Him. Oh, that He walks with you and talks with you. Now make sure that He goes to bed with you. Make sure He goes to work with you. Make sure, friend, when you go out and about, He's right along with you. He said He'll never leave me nor forsake you. Yeah, but it never says you won't leave Him nor forsake Him. Oh, be close to Him tonight. What are we going to do in these last days? Well, we're going to be sober. We're going to be safe. How we are we safe? Watch under prayer. Watch under prayer. That word, to be unsafe tonight, you'd have a lack of prayer. To be unsafe tonight in the last days is a lack of prayer. You just don't pray that much. Prayer is just a little bit in your life. There's a little prayer. You got little prayers like, now I lay me down to sleep. You say little prayers like, Lord, thank you for the food. Thank you for the day. Amen. Little prayers like, Lord, get me to work this morning. Little prayers. Uh, you know, just little things that you just throw out. It's kind of uh, like words or phrases. And, uh, but it's not really prayer. It's a, called a prayer. You want to call it that. But it's just a little something that you make an address to God. But really, friend, that's not watch under prayer. That's how you become unsafe. It's when you have the lack of prayer. That means the times of prayer. And then when you have little prayers, where all you're recognizing you're praying is for maybe 10 seconds, 20 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, and it's just little prayers, and you're finding yourself that's unsafe. Not only is it lack of prayer and little prayer, but we notice lightly praying. Just lightly esteeming the things of God. Lightly praying for your children. Lightly praying for your situation. Lightly praying for your church and your country and your missionaries. Lightly praying for the things that are needed and necessary. Oh, there's not much mourning. There's not much crying. There's not much weeping. Oh, there's not much pain in the heart. There's not much burden and bothering done. Oh, there's not much crying throughout the night. Not much fasting going on. Not much at all taking place in time of prayer when people pray you're not there you're doing something else tonight just lightly what are we going to do at the end of time has come well to be safe tonight we're going to have to watch under prayer we found that that's not unusual in the scripture we find that in Matthew 26 verse 41 Jesus said watch and pray we find in Mark chapter 13 verse 33 Jesus said watch and pray we find in Mark chapter 14, verse 38, Jesus said, watch and pray. Luke chapter 21, verse 36, the Bible says, Jesus said, watch and pray. You see, that's all that Jesus was telling his people was, listen, the end is at hand. Watch and pray. And so tonight, uh, we got to be believing in the times. If you believe the times of the end is near, Tonight, you can live sober, sound, and safe. Thank you, Lord. Now, once you believe this, then you can behave in these times. So I noticed the behaving in these times. Once you believe in verse 7 that this is the case, and you can be sober and you can be safe, then we find that we can now behave in these times. So how are we to behave in the days that we would think that would be the end is at hand. Well, the Bible says in verse 8, Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. 
for charity that covered the multitude of sins. Tonight I want you to say the very most important behavior in the days that are in the end, the most important. Now I want, I want us to get that tonight if you want to write number one. You know the paper, big number one, you take the whole paper up if you want to. Uh, the most important behavior that must be done or must be demonstrated tonight uh, because the end of all things is at hand is right here. It says above. Now you can't get no higher than above. So wherever it is in your behaviors, if you're numbering your behaviors tonight, say this behavior right here is high as you can go. Well, this behavior that I'm speaking of tonight is above that. Above. And then it says above all. So no matter tonight what behavior you think is most important in this days in which we live tonight, in the last days, the end times, tonight this one tonight we're speaking of is above all. I mean, it just takes all the rest tonight and just puts them down to number two. We find tonight that this one is the most important one uh, because it's above all things. Have fervent charity among yourselves. Now here's one another tonight. Have fervent charity. Now tonight, this is, I believe, tonight the very key of you in the last days of being sober and being safe in your home and your church and your workplace and all about your life tonight is fervent charity. Fervent charity. Not just charity, but fervent charity. Now what does that mean to you and I tonight? What means this tonight? It means charity means a sacrificial love. And tonight that... What takes place in the, in the days of the end of the hand tonight is that you and I would demonstrate a sacrificial love. That is what the Bible teaches that we are to do with one another, is sacrificially love one another. That my love for you and your love for me tonight will cost a sacrifice for me. It will cost me something. It will bring a pain and a suffering in me to love you. It will bring a pain and a suffering for you to love me. It's sacrificial, amen? It's going to cost me something. I'm willing tonight, and you're willing tonight, for me to love each other fervently in charity. It means tonight that it's not something that we gather out of our reserves. It's not something we gather out of some extra love that we have. We're talking about tonight the love that we have for one another it has to be sacrificial love and that's what we need tonight in the church sacrificial love we find number two it's a servicing love it's a love that services one another it's a love that looks at one another and says to one another that my love is so strong towards you, so deep about you. It's so inward with me that I'm willing to serve you all the way. I'm willing to serve you all that you need to be served. I'm not looking to be served. I'm looking to serve. I'm not looking for somebody to do something for me. I'm looking for me to do something for you. Amen. Sacrificial love. Serving love. Amen. That's what agape love is tonight. The word charity is gapi. And we find it's a fervent love tonight, a fervent charity. We know thirdly, it's a staying love. 
It means it's a love that don't last, that don't last just for a moment. It lasts for a lifetime. It's a love tonight that just don't happen when you're loving me, but it's a love when you don't love me. It's a love tonight when it, whenever you're hurt and offended, it's you still love that one who hurt you and offended you. Amen? It's a love that stays for all of eternity. I'm talking about agape love tonight. Amen, Brother Larry? Tonight, this is the most important behavior that we have in the times of called the end times is a fervent love, sacrificial, serving, staying. It's a selfless love. It's not a love tonight that you what you get out of it. It's not a love today that makes you feel good. It's not a love today that makes you benefit. It's not, not a love today that gets you over. It's a love today, friend, that is a selfless love. It's a strong love. It's a strong love tonight. And friend, whenever you and I could say to each other tonight, I love you and what you're saying to me and what I'm saying to you tonight according to the scripture in the times that come to the end is that I will love you sacrificially. I will love you servicingly. I will love you, a friend, to the place where it's strong. I'll love you uh, continually. I'll never stop loving you. And I love you without myself being involved in that. You can count on me loving you. Amen. And I'm telling you something tonight. If the church can ever get the fervent charity, you'll find a love in the church tonight to be as strong as it ever can be and the devil can't divide it and the, the world can't change it and the flesh can't corrupt it and you'll find the church growing and becoming blossoming up and the love Amen. will be something tonight that the world will be wanting God help the church tonight when is this supposed to happen when the end of days end of time when is that now <laughs> Right now. Oh, he says fervent love is the greatest of all behaviors. Tonight, you say something like this. You say, well, can you, can you kind of demonstrate this love? You can say it like this. I care for others because of love. I don't care for you because of you. I care for others because of love. See the difference? Well, tonight I could say I love every one of y'all tonight and every one of y'all are different and every one of y'all have done some things for me and some of y'all have not done anything for me and some of y'all have done some big things, some have done some little things and tonight if we're going to take love and measure it tonight about what you've done, what you said, what you gave and how you performed and all this kind of stuff tonight, agape love is not part of that. Agape love is this, I care for you because of love. So my love for you is not because of you. My love for you is because of love. I care for you because of love. I care for you because God has loved me. Or we can say it like this. I do for others or I do to others because of love. I do to others because of love. Why would you treat somebody who's rich and famous and kind and nice so loving? And why would you treat somebody who's poor and stinking and sorry and no good and rude and you still love them? That's agape love. I do to them because of love. Now, you could say it like this. I provide for others because of love. Why do you do that for them? I love them. They don't deserve it. That's not in the equation. 
Well, don't you know what they've done? Who cares? Wow, I can't believe you'd do such a thing as that. Well, if you'd love them too, you'd do such a thing too. See, love. Love. Uh, love tonight, you could say, I protect others because of love. I warn others because of love. I rebuke others because of love. That's why. Do you discipline people or do you correct people because you don't love them? No, you correct people because you love them. When you don't correct people, then you don't love them. I'm just saying tonight, the fact of, of this, this is that the greatest behavior in the times at hand tonight is fervent charity. Fervent charity. The greatest, the highest. Now, number two, that's the most important behavior. But what is the greatest impacted behavior? What is the behavior that love impacts? If tonight, if the most important behavior is fervent charity, and then tonight, what would be the very greatest impact of this behavior of love? Well, it says it right next to it or below it. It says, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, don't misunderstand me tonight. We're not talking about that it's somebody's sin that they don't have to repent, they don't have to make it right. That's not what we're talking about. Don't get that messed up with the truth tonight of what I'm trying to preach. What I'm trying to preach tonight is this, is that whenever you have love, you can overlook people's faults. Right? Love. Overlooking people's faults. See, when the, when the most important behavior is demonstrated, then the greatest behavior is impacted. Now the charity that I have for you, I will cover a multitude of your sins. I see your faults, but I just overlook them. That's love. Now what's opposite of that? Well, all of us tonight have faults, right? Is anybody here perfect? Does anybody here have no imperfections? Anybody here would say, you know what, today I was, I, was, I was as perfect as it could be. I don't think any of us tonight is that a way. And if you live with anybody for one day, you'll find that, that, that that's not true. But I'm going to tell you what love is tonight. Love will see the faults and the failures and the imperfections of someone. And they will, they will not, they will uh, just turn away. They will, they will let them go. Uh, they will not, uh, they'll not bring them to exposure. But what love will do tonight, love will say this tonight, will say, listen, I love you and I know that you have some positives about you and you've got some negatives about you. But I tell you what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to raise up your negatives. I'm not going to expose your negatives. I'm not going to, every time I talk to you, we talk about your negatives. And every time we get in a fight or an argument, I bring up your negatives. And I'm not going to do that because I love you. See what I'm saying? Now, if you don't love somebody, you're always trying to find their negatives or trying to find their faults and their failures. You're always, whenever, when you get in a fight, you'll bring up, well, you know you're this away, well, you know you're that away. You don't love them. You don't. You might, you might be infatuated with them. You might be lustful toward them. Uh, you, you might have some sort of feelings toward them, but it's not love. 
See, when somebody makes mistakes and somebody sins and somebody falls in your eyes and in your presence tonight and it happened a year ago, it happened two years ago, happened five years ago, happened ten years ago, and every time you got opportunity, you mention those mistakes, you take that opportunity to raise up that sin and you take that position as if you are kind of a, a, a one who's governing over them by bringing up their sins and bringing up their faults and their failures and you're always beating them down with it. You're always bringing it to their attention tonight. You don't love them. And don't say you do. Because if you love somebody, your love will cover the multitude of their sins. Amen, Brother Larry. Am I right or wrong? I know it. The ones that are wrong is us. That's who's wrong. But he's right. The Word of God's right tonight. And so we find that this overlooking of imperfections, that we're letting go of the failures, we're, we're just putting away the faults. We don't expose the sin. Uh, we don't exalt the sin. We don't embrace the sin. We all have faults and failures. And friend, if we love one and we love the one whom we're married to and we love the one who, friend, that we have relationship with and we love the one we go to church with tonight and we love the one tonight in which we have fellowship with tonight, uh, we don't use their faults and we don't use their sins and we don't use their failures against them. We don't always just keep on hammering. I see people tonight at church, oh, many a times, and they say to me, Brother, when will my past ever go? Why do I have to always live in the past with my spouse, with my children, with my parents? Why? Why, why can't God forgave me? God cleansed me in His blood? God give me freedom and liberty from the sin that I've committed? And yet men, women, boys and girls constantly bring it up. I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't love you. That's why. For if they loved you, they would not use it against you. They would not, not only use it against you, but they would not use it as a weapon to hurt you and to torment you. They would not use it tonight as an excuse to be retaliation towards you or to have vengeance towards you. That's not love. That's what the Bible's teaching here. It's teaching tonight that love covers a multitude of sins. Now the word multitude means large number. Aren't you glad about that? I mean, it ain't just one sin. We're talking about a bundle. We're talking about a company. That's what that word, that's what that multitude means. It means a whole bunch. So all of our faults and, and all of our failures and sinfulness that we got forgiven with God and under the blood of the Lamb tonight, I'm afraid if people who love us tonight, that love will cover multitude of those sins. I want to be around them, don't you? That's the people I want to be around, those that really love me. Tonight, when somebody says, I love you, you can expect this is the kind of love. And so we find tonight, because we're believing in the times, we can behave in the times. And in behaving in the times, we find that there is the, the most important behavior is fervent love. 
But then we found that the greatest impact of that behavior is the covering of sin, a multitude of sins. But then thirdly tonight in verse 9, I find the closest related behavior uh, because of that in verse 9. It says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. Without grudging. Now tonight if we are men and women who are walking with God and we're sober and we're sound, Tonight, and we find safety, and uh, we are ones tonight that are loving fervently one another. And uh, then this verse 9 will come in a natural way. It will be part of who we are. But it talks about hospitality one toward another without grudging. Uh, What does that mean? That means this this evening. It means love will be extended through your friendliness to others. Hospitality is... Love, that charity, is an extension to friendliness. Now, tonight, I know there's some people that says, you know, I just don't like people. Well, you got a spiritual problem. You say, well, I just don't like being around people. You've got a heart problem. You say, well, people get on my nerves. you got a social problem. Uh, The Bible says we that are Christians and we tonight who have this fervent love and we tonight that are sober and tonight we are watching under prayer and tonight that we have this love for one another tonight will automatically goes goes into this use hospitality. That we find that we will extend this love to a friendliness that we become friendly to one another. Amen? There ought to be nobody in this room that's stuck up. What are you stuck up for? You ain't got nothing nobody else ain't got. Right? I mean, you put your pants on just like I do. Right? We probably use the same kind of toothpaste. Deodorant? Probably got the same. I don't like to spray on. Do y'all like spray on? I don't like the little white either because it gets all under your arm. You get a little white all over the place. I like the clear, right? He says, that's crazy you talk like that, brother. I'm just saying tonight that every one of us in this room, the Bible says if you are loving, then you'll be friendly by using hospitality. Friendliness. Friendliness. Hospitality. There's got to be more to it than that, right? Well, there is. It means tonight, not only that your love will be, you include your time and your money for others. Hospitality. That means you'll be hospitable. There'll be time that you'll spend with your brothers and sisters. There'll be money that you'll spend on your brothers and sisters. You'll have a friendliness about you. You just don't rush out of here. As soon as it's over, you go on. You say, brother, you've preached so long, i got to go. Bless your heart. If it be under other way, friend, there will people say, Brother, you don't preach long enough. So I don't know what to do. Either I preach too long or I don't preach long enough. Or I preach too loud or I preach too soft. Or I don't move around enough or I do move around. You know, I just can't please everybody. Y'all feel like that sometimes? Okay, amen, I feel better. That was like a little therapy session right there I just did. Y'all counseled me right there. 
in that counseling I'll find uh, tonight that this word hospitality means your love will share your home and share your family with others. See, if you're not willing tonight to share your home and share your family, you're not much hospitable. If you're not willing to share tonight uh, your money and share your time, then you're not much hospitable. If you tonight are not so concerned about being friendly and having friends, tonight, that verse 9, it says, Use hospitality one to another without grudging. Tonight it means to be fond of guests. Do you like people coming to your house? Oh, I'll tell you why I don't like people coming to my house, they say. It's dirty. You know what you do with a dirty house? Y'all are, are some counselors. <laughs> now I have heard, I have heard through the grapevine, Brother George, that Sister Diana has got a clean house. I'm telling you. I've heard. Is that true? Yeah? You better say yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying tonight, people today in 2023 just don't like people that come to their houses anymore. That's, a, that's, a, that's gone by. It's no more like, it's not, it's not like part of life. We used to have Bible studies. Y'all remember that? And we had Bible studies in people's houses. Y'all remember that? Some of y'all had them in y'all's houses. Well, we can't do that no more. We have to have it in the fellowship hall because people don't offer their houses. You say, brother, I, you never asked me. If I never asked you, well, then you're not guilty of that. So we just decided to go ahead and just have it in, uh, in the fellowship hall. Y'all remember Christmases? We had Christmases in houses. People would say, hey, open the house. They'd open the house, and, and we'd go in there. And uh, we tried to be very, very uh, polite with that. We cleaned up after ourselves. We, we, we kind of make sure that the third thing was back in order, you know, just to, because it's a big deal when you have 20, 30, 40 people come to your house. But the heart of it tonight is what I'm speaking of, and it's saying this tonight, that what am I supposed to do with one another? I'm supposed to have hospitality toward one another. That means I am to be friends with you. I am the willing to give to you, uh, take of my time and of my money, and to, not, to share my home and share my husband, share my children, and share what I have. And we share with one another. This is Christianity. We find it coming short today. We find it kind of just moving on down the road with the rest of the things that are just down the road. But God's still the same. He has not changed tonight. We find being generous to guests, to being kind to guests, to open up your heart to guests, to open up your home to guests, to be hospitable. And friend, lastly, love will do it without grudging. What does that mean? Well, that means this. It means without murmuring. Because usually it happens like this. Let me, let me just say it like this. Usually one of the spouses will say, hey, let's have a family come over and have dinner on Thursday night. The other spouse says, I don't want to do that. Come on, let's just do it, you know. Well, you know, I got to clean the house up. I got to get this. I got to do that. And then I got to fix something. I got to do that. I got to get all this situation. You know, it's just a lot of things that you got to get into. Because when I want people to walk in my house, I want them to think that my house is just like a, a book. I mean, we ain't got no chip paint. 
We ain't got no stained carpet. We, we ain't got anything in our dishwasher. We ain't got anything in our cabinets that's ever been dirty before. Every bit of our laundry is done, washed, folded, and put up. Because when I want somebody to come to my house, I want to make sure that when they walk in, they want to say, wow, this is most beautiful, cleanest, prettiest house I've ever been to. Now, we know that's not real life. We know that your house gets dirty. We know your house gets messy. We know your house gets some stains on the floor. We know because that happens at our house. So we're just the same. But it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. It's a time where, where we got to come to one another tonight and say, you know what? I want you to be in my life, and I want you to be in my life. You in my life, I in your life. We are one another tonight. And the Bible teaches us this is to be so. And we got to do it without murmuring, without complaining, without regretting of the time that we spend, the expense that it costs, and then the very, uh, the very trouble that it causes. Without grudging means that I'm doing it willfully, I'm doing it joyfully, and I'm doing it unselfishly. So as the end nears, the behavior must become stronger, right? So what are we going to do at the end of the days with one another? Well, what we're going to do is going to love fervently, right? Fervent charity. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to use hospitality. That means we're just going to reach out with all that we have within us. And we're going to bring each other in, bring each other over, and we're going to come and mingle together. You say, brother, is that really what's going to happen? I don't know. It's up to you. That's what the Bible teaches Use hospitality. See, we like the scriptures that says this. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We like that. And boy, we'll, we'll go to our grave believing that. But use hospitality with one another without grudging. <laughs> we don't want that one. Right? I mean, for real. Let's take that verse 9 and just cut it out tonight and throw it over here in the corner somewhere because use hospitality to one another without grudging, man. Does God really expect me to do that? Well, if he expects John 3, 16, he expects 1 Peter 4, 9, 2. Right? Are we just going to be a partial Christian? Or are we just going to be some type of whatever Christian and kind of just like a Tex-Mex? Now, I'm not against Tex-Mex. I like Tex-Mex. But it could be like a world Christian or something like that, you know, just kind of pick and choose what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. That's how most Christians act this day. But that's not what we, that are Bible believers, would do. And so we find tonight the believing in the, in the times, but then behaving in the times. And can I say here lastly tonight, benefiting in the times. Benefiting in the times. I'll say just a little bit about this and we'll close tonight. But the Bible says in verse 10, it says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So what does that mean to us tonight and one another? Well, it means this. It means even so minister the same one to another. That word minister there 
uh, brings us all into ministry. Did you know that? Everyone that's saved is in the ministry. Verse 10, verse 10. As every man, every man hath received the gift, singular, even so minister the same to one another. So now we find tonight, according to the scripture, that that word minister means to be attendant. It means tonight to wait upon like a waiter. A waiter. It means to run errands. Uh, that word minister means to benefit others. Or we could say it like this, to be a blessing to others. So God is telling us in verse 10, because of the, the days are at its end, that we are needing to be a benefit in these times. In other words, the Lord wants us to be a blessing to one another, to be a benefit to one another. Now, how can I benefit you? Well, God gives us the answer right here. In all the things that I can do for you, how can it benefit you the most? You say, well, you can give me $100. Well, that $100 I can give to you, it might benefit you for a period, but it will be a short period. Because that $100 will be spent probably within a day or so. Right? I can give you a card, and that card will, will, will make your heart feel good, and it will make you feel like important, but it will go away. That feeling will go away. I can take you out to dinner and feed you a steak, a lobster, baked potato, sweet potato, have, have you a, 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 what, a pie, a cream pie, whatever. I mean, we can just do it up, amen? But you'll get full, and the next day you'll be hungry again. So what is it tonight that you can benefit me and I can benefit you that will really last, that will really be a blessing to one another? The Bible teaches in verse 10... It's that gift that you received. That gift that you received. What is that gift tonight? That's the spiritual gift. The spiritual gift that you received. The Bible says there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, says, neglect not the gift that is in thee. So when you got saved, you received a gift. Brother, Brother Keith hit on this for just a moment the other day. But when you got saved... You got a spiritual gift, right? Right? Okay. It's almost time. You got a spiritual gift. Now, did everybody get a spiritual gift? Yes. Did everybody get the same gift? No, but possible. But no, not usual. So this gift that God's given to you in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 says this, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. So God's put a gift in you. He said to stir it up, to stir up the gift. And so my thought is tonight is how can you stir up a gift that you don't even know you have? Right? And so if we're going to be obedient to verse 10, and it says this tonight, as every man hath received the gift, that's the spiritual gift, even so minister to one another with what? With that gift. So you've got a responsibility tonight with the gift that God's given you to minister to one another. 
Did you know that? So this gift, this spiritual gift, tonight there's seven of them. And these spiritual gifts are out of Romans chapter 12. Turn there with me tonight. And we're just going to mention them, and then we will uh, teach or preach more on them as the weeks go by. Romans chapter 12. There's seven gifts that everybody in this room will have one of these seven when you got born again. Look there in verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. So God's going to give to you according to the measure of faith. And he says, For as we have one, we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. So every member of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Now, now we start talking about the seven gifts. Everyone in this room will have one of these seven. Now, why do you have one of these seven? So that you can minister to one another. Why is that so important? Because you become a blessing. And you become a benefit. You actually have purpose. And you have reason. So the first one is prophecy. The first one's prophecy. You see that there in verse 6. The second one is ministry. In verse 7. The third one is teacheth. In verse 7. The fourth one is exhorteth. In verse 8. In verse 8 there's giveth. And then ruleth. And the seventh one is showeth mercy. So these gifts tonight is given to every single one of us that's in the church. Not for a personal gain. But for a blessing. To be a benefit to one another. So that you and I can actually have real purpose in life. So that my gift can benefit you. And your gift will benefit me. Does that make sense? I'm going to close, but I'm going to give you a scenario so so you can see. Listen closely. All right. Does anybody know what gift you have? What gift you have, brother? Teach it. Anybody else? All right, my, uh, on Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to pass out Sunday a little, a little deal that you can read. It's got like 80 questions, and then you can fill out on, they'll answer the questions, and at the back of it, it'll tell you uh, where you're at on these gifts, okay? But I'm going to tell you how these gifts work. For example, if each of these seven gifts were represented in a family, and someone just dropped the dessert on the floor... Here is what each one might say. Okay? So here's the scenario. Somebody dropped dessert on the floor. And so here is the one with prophecy. This is what the one with prophecy would say. That's what happens when you're not careful. The guy with the gift of prophecy would say that. That's what happens when you're not careful. All right? I got the the gift of prophecy, by the way. All right? So... The next one would be ministry, right? So the one with the gift of ministry would say to the same person who dropped the dessert on the floor, they would say, Oh, 
Let me help you clean it up. That's that one with ministry, right? It's about serving. Oh, and they feel so bad that you dropped that dessert on the floor. Let me help you clean it up. Okay? Number the third one, teacheth. Brother Charlie. He would say to the one who dropped the dessert on the ground, he'd say, the reason that fell is that it was too heavy on one side. That's the reason it fell. It was too heavy on one side. All right? So the one who has the exhortation would say to the one who dropped the dessert on the ground, next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. Exhorting them that, you know, let's just next time do it different than we did this time so we don't make the same mistake. All right? Now the one that it has the gift of giving, the same dessert on the ground would say this. I'll be happy to buy you a new dessert. Y'all see where we're going with this? Another one, with the one that has the gift of showeth uh, administration or the one ruleth would say this. Dave, you would get me the mop. Mike, please help me pick up the mess. Sarah, would you fix another dessert? That's the one with ruleth or the one that would be administration. The last one was the one with showeth mercy. And they would say this. Don't feel badly. It could happen to anyone. Now, all of those responses is all of you. And this is how God works tonight with one another. If we were all prophecy... And somebody, somebody dropped the dessert. That's what happens when you're not careful. That's what happens when you're not careful. That's what happens when it's not careful. I mean, it just keeps on going. Not very good right there. But it isn't good either when, when everybody is, oh, help me let you clean it up. Help me, because everybody's trying to clean it up. I mean, they're all over the place. And it's not very good for the administrator who's pointing fingers telling everybody to do everything when everybody's doing And so... We all can't be the same, but we all got to be with the same for our church to function like it ought to. Does that make sense? So the next few weeks, we're going to go into this. And by the end of seven weeks or so, we hope that you know your gift so that you can be a blessing and a benefit to one another that our church may come complete. Amen? I'm excited. Are y'all? Hi, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm just really excited about it. Let's stand to our feet here tonight. I know some of y'all probably saying, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not of those. I'm about to come up with my own. That's how people are, I'm telling you. God help us tonight. I want to be a blessing, don't you? I really do. If you need to come to the altar tonight and just pray that Jesus is coming to your heart, won't you do that? If you need to come tonight and ask God to forgive you of your sin, you can do that as well. Maybe you need to come in tonight and say, listen, I, I'm not hospitable at all. I'm, I, I, that's my sin. I, I, I'm not at all sound. 
I'm not watching and praying. I'm kind of just going through this thing one day at a time. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me. How about you tonight? Where are you at? What's going on? What are you doing? See, because of the manifold grace of God tonight that has given us these gifts, I now have a responsibility as a pastor to teach you these gifts. So now that you know, so you can minister to one another and be in right with God. That's where we got to go. God help us tonight to do that. All right, anybody got any prayer requests tonight? Anybody? Sister Mary. Thank you.